Welcome to the Relational Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Thompson, joined by my co-host, Austin Hill. Today, we're talking about peer pressure, and probably not in the way that you typically assume that we're going to talk about it. Today, we're talking about peer pressure in a positive light, because the reality is we're all deeply impacted by the people around us. Um, neurobiology has shown us that that as human beings, we are immensely permeable, that our presence deeply impacts the presence of others and others deeply impact us. And so we want to talk about that phenomenon and how that can play out, not just in a negative light, but also in a positive light. So we hope this conversation is helpful and thanks for listening. All right, Austin, here we are. Hi, Wes. What's up, man? It's good to be here. It's a good day. Yeah. So today I want to talk about positive peer pressure. We tend to you know, peer pressure gets a bad rap. Um, when we talk about peer pressure, when we hear about peer pressure, it's always typically, you know, shrouded in a negative context. Uh, we think about, you know, being influenced for the worse or being your own person, thinking for yourself. And so all of that leads us to think of this as a pure bad thing. But in the recovery community, and in life in general, I actually think that peer pressure, like many things, can, can be negative and also could be positive. Um, and so that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about positive peer pressure. Um, a scripture passage in the Bible that comes to mind, it's uh, from Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. In Proverbs... Um, 13 verse 20 says, walk with the wise and become wise for a for a companion of fools suffers harm. Walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. And so obviously there, I'm just reminded that like you are who you hang out with, you know, kind of that old adage, yeah. right? Now show me your friends. I'll show you your future. Yeah. 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 We can all hear our grandmas and moms when we were young, like, I don't know, echoing in mm -hmm. our ears, um, probably when we, when we hear that, but. Yep. It's awfully true. <laughs> it's so true. And so I think today what I want to though is, is the spin that we want to talk about is that peer pressure is not always a bad thing, especially when we're trying to recover, when we're trying to change our behaviors, when we're trying to change our patterns and our, and our habits. We need to surround ourselves in an environment that reinforces the desired outcome that we want. So we've got to surround ourselves with people and with behaviors and with processes and so on and so forth that really embody what we want to become in the way in which we want to live. Um, we even see it in neurobiology where, you know, they call them mirror neurons in our brain where we literally mimic the people and the things that we're around. Um, we mm -hmm. can't help it. It's just how our brains are. So, you know, we talk, you know, this is called the relational recovery podcast. And I think the reality is we are more relationally wired than we realize we are more relationally designed than we would like to admit because we literally become 
the people that we surround ourselves with. So before we go any further, yeah, I just dropped this on you. What, what stands out to you? Does this spur any thoughts for you, Austin? Yeah, I think positive, positive peer pressure to me sounds like uh, something we talk about a lot is what type of culture we want to be a part of or we're, or we're actively making or allowing to happen. And then also the, the other side of it is positive peer pressure is, is accountability and action. And cause it's a group of, it's kind of acknowledging that a group of people are, are saying like, this is what we value and this is what we want to hold a standard to for everybody. Um, and it's, it's also how we, how we can adjust positive peer pressures, how we can adjust imperfections or injustices in systems or in places where we live and work. It's about, it's not about just being angry about the current happenings. It's saying that like a group of us can actually change in a positive way. And it's, and it's productive, not just, not just, not just because a part of something is, is wrong. Doesn't mean the whole thing is it's just, if we adjust a few things, that's what positive peer pressure can do. Like, uh, like a very, very real example I can think of is um, if you are in a neighborhood where litter is a big problem. Um, it, if, if you start picking it up consistently, it starts to change. And, and when I say that, it like, if we where we're at in Ohio, there's a couple of in, in Columbus, Ohio, there's a handful of streets that people know it's like, there's constantly litter there, but there's also people who are constantly picking it up um, until that just becomes, there's po- that positive social pressure to not litter as much. Cause there are places that have just as many people where litter is not a problem because there's this like, again, pressure to not litter. So it, that is, that is a very tangible thing that some people might think is silly, but if you think about it, if your surroundings are, are something that you can be proud of, it affects who you are. So it's not just about like how, what words I say to you, Wes, it's how we take care of the environment around us. And that's, that's an example of how we are very, we are a lot, we are a lot more interconnected with the world around us than we often want to admit. Yeah. And we're impacted. We're, we're literally, um, you know, in Christianity, we talk about discipleship. We're discipled. We're mentored. We're we're influenced much more than we'd like to admit. And you know, when we think about the recovery community we're a part of, especially when it comes to like um, hard drugs and, and and really, you know, behaviors that really um, negatively impact the day in and day out aspects of someone's life. You know, if somebody is continuing to surround themselves with people that are living the kind of life that they, they're wanting to change, it's going to be really difficult to change, right? A lot of what we do at the refuge um, is peer support based, meaning, yeah, there's curriculum, yeah, there's, um, you know, there, there's, there's one-on-ones and there's group meetings and all that kind of stuff, but one of the most powerful aspects of the change that people that people experience i think obviously has to do with faith but but also has to do with just the peer relationships that are happening like it's really powerful um you're walking alongside somebody who's wanting the same thing that you want and that power that comes with that is really tangible um 
you know, the, 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 it really, I think power is an intentional, like I didn't mean to use the word power, but I think it probably is a really good word to use because it is powerful in that it can be a positive force and a negative force. Like I've seen where guys might've otherwise on their own, um, engaged in behavior that would be destructive, but because they had somebody with them that was like really pushing forward and doing the right thing. Right. Um, they, they stayed, they stayed the course because of that, but it also goes the other way where, you know, if you're with somebody who, who, uh, is, is just kind of going through the motions and isn't really, isn't really trying to change and become something, you know, healthier, um, that can, that really has a negative impact on the people around them. And especially if you're, you know, if you're close to them. So we see this play out all the time. Um, I'm wondering, I'm wondering like how, how you think we should view this in terms of like principles are, or are there things that we should, you know, should, are there things that we should avoid? Are there things that we should um, try to do when we think about how, how deeply impacted we are by others? I think, um, man, to think through what it means to be impacted by others and how do I become aware of that? Is that your question? I'm going to make sure I'm, I'm going the right direction. I'm, I'm just thinking through like implications for this, you know? Yeah. So if we are constantly, if, if we're self-aware enough to realize that I am impacted by other people, that's like the first step is like just acknowledging that I am human and that I am not this like, uh, immovable force. I, 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 I can, I can experience guilt, experience pain. Uh, people will do things that, that hurt me. People will do things that encourage me. Um, and I think each of us are u- uniquely made and, and very different um, as to what affects us more. Like sometimes like people like negative things that happen to me doesn't, do- doesn't typically bother me as much because I, I am good at finding the, the silver lining of things. But if somebody is critical about something that I do, about an action that I have. So if, and because I'm very action oriented, someone critiques something I do, not just who I am, it bothers me a little bit more because I'm confident in like, it's, it's weird to figure like, this is that self-awareness part of realizing that like, yes, people hurt my feelings. And if I acknowledge that, then it's, um, something was wrong. And so I have to show forgiveness to them. Mm. And it's it. So this, how we are affected by people, is often really connected to how prideful we are and how we experience pride. And the two sides of that are, is I am so prideful. I don't need anybody um, because I am the best thing since sliced bread. The other side of pride is I am so worthless and no one can help me. And it's both of them. The similarity is it's all about me. Um, a healthy response. One, the one in the middle when it comes to pride is saying, I need you and you need me. That is mm-hmm. just as equally important. And that's how we affect, that's how we, I guess, address pride. And why I'm saying all of that is because positive peer pressure or that pressure to do what is right, what is good and has a value for other people is acknowledging that I need you and you need me. Mm-hmm. So the more you improve, the more I improve and vice versa. And that's what I think the really cool thing about it, about how our specific work with the refuge is we are a, a, um, a Christian recovery community 
So it's, so we are very much like we have a faith that's based in it, but our faith that produces this isn't just the things we believe. It's our faith lived out faith in action. That's mm-hmm. what it is. So when I hear public, uh, like positive peer pressure, it's, am I living out of faith that has action towards it, that believes that the people around me are just as important as, as I am. And I am just as important as they are. So we, we kind of have both sides of the coin because they're, they're both problems. Because if we have a bunch of people walking around thinking that they aren't worth anything and everyone's better than them, they're not going to improve. And the same is true if we have a bunch of people who think they're the best thing ever and they don't need anybody and they can do it alone. They're both selfish and they, they need, we need to have that equal footing of I am just as important as you and you are just as important as me. And therefore, we're going to fight for each other and with each other. Yeah, no, that's good. So a few questions to maybe consider um, as we as we think about this. You know, first of all, I think each of us would benefit from just asking ourselves the question, like, what is it that I must want? What is it that I must want? What like what do I want to change? What do I what do I want to get better at? What do I want to improve? What do I want to where do I want to grow? What do I want to stop? We need to have some clarity on that. So if you don't know what that is, if you're listening or even us, like it's good for us to you know, take two minutes and ask, and ask that question. Like, what is it that I most want? And then, and then a follow-up to that is what, what do you, who do you know that embodies what it is that you want? You know, write it out. Who are some people that you know that embody what it is that you most want? And then thirdly, can I surround myself with that person or with people like that person? Um, who can I surround myself with that embodies the things that I want, right? Because there's, again, there's so much truth to that saying that we are who we hang out with. And I think we need to begin to then think, okay, if that's true, which it is true, who do I need to be surrounding myself with? And I think maybe even a harder question to answer or at, at least as equally as hard is who do I need to stop hanging out with? Because the reality is, even if I love somebody, even if they're in my family, even if maybe they've been a close friend for a long time, if I'm surrounding myself with someone who is pressuring me to do behaviors that are destructive, or even just doing behaviors that are destructive around me that I've struggled with doing that I don't want to do anymore. The chances of me falling back into to the behaviors that that person is doing are very high. So we're going to have to distance ourselves from the things that we, that we are trying to stop. And part of that is surrounding ourselves with people that are doing the behaviors we want to do and distancing ourselves from, pe- from people that are doing the things that we don't want to do. Yeah, it, it begs the question, why do we hang out with who we hang out with? So yeah, yeah. I think it it's as simple, like the most complicated, important things are often simple to say. And so it's what is, re- what is rewarded is repeated. And yeah. we go back to the people that are pro- that we know are unhealthy for us because we're getting some kind of reward from that, from that relationship, which it goes into like, we are these relational people. And sometimes the things that we does that we go after relationally are really bad for us. And if we can feel wanted or seen or known by someone who doesn't have our best interests 
in mind, or we're able to feel better than because we're surrounding people who are also doing unhealthy behavior. It's like, well, at least I'm not doing like, I'm only like taking pills. I'm not shooting heroin into my, in my arm. So I'm only going to hang out with people who shoot heroin instead of take pills. Cause that'll make me feel better about myself. What, like if you at that, cause I've heard that statement dozens of times. <laughs> That's crazy. Like it's just, it, and it's, it's one of those, that was like the aha moment for a lot of guys who are like, I really need help. Cause I realized I was comparing something that's crazy, but what it's saying and why, why being around people is so important is that we are trying in that moment, that guy was saying like, I am not as, I am not as unhealthy as I think I am. And I want to protect myself from the reality that I am actually falling apart. So I'm going to go after something or be around people that protect me from myself. So, which is a good thing. Cause if you think about it, if we're working to protect ourselves from danger, that guy was responding in a way that his body was designed to, it was just, mm -hmm. he had the wrong inputs. He wasn't thinking clearly, but he was still doing what he was designed to do was just to protect himself, to be in relationship with people. So if we're thinking about it that way, like often the crazy things that people do around us that are, especially those who are trapped in addiction, they are acting to us. It looks crazy, but to them, it's just like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something to survive it. So it's, it's not about, you just got to try harder. It's try something different. And that's why this, this people who we hang out with is so important because what is rewarded is repeated. And if you're around people who are positive mm -hmm. and healthy and are, know who they are in a very healthy way where they like, I have this good relationship with myself, myself, others, um, the world around me and God, they like, you will get affirmations for things that are good. Mm -hmm. You will get healthy conflict. There's something about going through an argument with somebody and still respecting and loving them. That's a reward. It's like, I am because when you have even disagreements with someone you respect and at the end of the conversation, you still have that love and respect for each other. It's like this, it's like, they actually, they care about me who I am, not just because like, not just because I agree with them. They care about who I am. That's a reward. So that yeah. it's what is rewarded is re repeated. So hanging out with healthier people is going to be rewarded. It's which, re which reward are we going after? Because both of them require pain. If we're going towards a healthy direction, it is going to require pain because it's usually I'm growing, I'm improving. It's difficult. Just like we use the working out reference where it's painful to work out, but you get stronger the more often you do it. So this positive peer, positive peer pressure, being around healthier people, it's not easy. It's just a different type of pain that I'm wanting to go through. But in the opposite direction, we look at hanging out with people who are, you know, doing stupid stuff, you know, doing things that you could die from. Cause it is that, is that it is that big of a deal. I and mean, this is not tongue in cheek when we, when it comes to addiction right now, especially in Ohio with the amount of fentanyl that's around. If you decide, like, I'm just going to hang out my friends who use every once in a while, we'll just see how it works. Like you're probably going to die. Like I'm not even trying to like scare people. I'm just stating facts right now. Right. Which is crazy. So like who you're hanging out with has a much bigger man, long-term effect than it used to even like five or 10 years ago, if you're talking about addiction. So if you want to get better, you're going to have to be around people who you want to be like, yeah. and it might be uncomfortable. It's going to be uncomfortable because you're going to want to do more of what they're doing because they have a life that you desire, but they have habits and values that are different than mine, which means I have to cut some of the, my habits and values that aren't healthy.
No, absolutely. And I mean, I think, I think to just land the plane here, like we just have to realize that if we're human, we are relationally wired. Like we are neurobiologically wired to mimic those around us, which means you are not, none of us can say, oh, well, I'm the only one. Like I'm the only one who can be around whoever I want. It doesn't affect me. Like I'm so mm. strong that that's, that's not how it works. Like we, we will mimic what we're around. We will become what we're around. Um, and I think realizing that we just, that's just something we have to know. And, and so, so for all of us listening, um, it'd be a good, it'd be good for us all to just take some inventory about, okay, who am I surrounding myself with? Cause I think, you know, people ask us, why does the refuge work? Why do people, why do so many people get better um, when they go through? And, and a lot of times the answer is, well, they're discovering a purpose that's much bigger themselves than themselves. Right. I mean, when we realize that, Oh my gosh, like I'm loved by God, God made me like I have a purpose beyond myself. That's really empowering. But secondly, when I'm surrounded with this positive peer pressure, I've got people around me going through similar struggle and pressing on towards a more hopeful end. That is, that is fuel, man. That is a bunch of fuel to be able to stay on the track, right track. And so we have to ask ourselves, okay, who am I surrounding myself with? What kind of behaviors do I want to embody? What kind of life do I want to live? I need to be around people that embody that because if I don't, I will default back to old behavior. And if I'm around people that are doing things that I don't want to be doing, I will end up finding myself doing those behaviors and just be, throwing my hands up being like, how did I get here again? How did I get here again? And the reality is it's because you become the people that you hang out with. You can't help it. I can't help it. Just as Proverbs 13, 20 says, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Relational Recovery Podcast. We'll be back soon with a new conversation. We'll see you then.